Welcome to A Page of Science. Today we'll be reading An Introduction to Combustion by Stephen R. Turns. Copyright 2000, McGraw-Hill. Page 158, Methane Combustion, Complex Mechanism. Because of its unique tetrahedral molecular structure with large CH bond energies, methane exhibits some unique combustion characteristics. For example, it has a high ignition temperature, low flame speed, and is essentially unreactive in photochemical smog chemistry. Methane chemical kinetics are perhaps the most widely researched and, hence, most well understood. Kaufman, reference 9, in a review of combustion kinetics, indicated that the methane combustion mechanism evolved in the period 1970 to 1982 from less than 15 elementary steps with 12 species to 75 elementary steps plus the 75 reverse reactions with 25 species. Recently, several research groups have collaborated in the creation of an optimized methane kinetic mechanism, reference 10. This mechanism, designated GRI mech, is based on the optimization techniques of Frenklock et al., reference 11. GRI mech is available on the internet and is continually updated. Version 2.11, dated 1998, shown in table 5.3, considers 277 elementary reactions evolving 49 species. Many of these steps we've seen before as part of the H2 and CO oxidation mechanisms. To make some sense of this complex system, i.e. GRI MEC 2.11, we present reaction pathways analyses for both high temperature and low temperature combustion of CH4 with air in a well-stirred reactor. A detailed discussion of the well-stirred reactor is presented in Chapter 6, However, for our purposes here, we need only recognize that reactions take place in a homogeneous, isothermal environment. The choice of a well-stirred reactor eliminates the need to account for the spatial distribution of species as would be accounted for in a flame, for example. So this got really deep into chemistry really quickly. So a reaction mechanism in chemistry is a pathway that leads you from one set of chemicals to a final set of chemicals. So for instance, if you have water, which is H2O, so two hydrogen and one oxygen bonded together, you can break that down into two hydrogen and one oxygen. That's a complete reaction. But if you want to get, say, HO, then you have to go through a couple intermediate steps. When you have methane reactions, which are designated simply as carbon-hydrogen-oxygen reactions, you have a lot of intermediate steps. So for, for instance, uh, the table that it lists here, and this table of reaction paths that it references, table 5.3, is six and a half pages long. It's just page after page of single reaction mechanisms that interact with carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen. So why is nitrogen included? Because nitrogen is a major component in the Earth's atmosphere. It's one of the two components that make up air, if you want to have a simple model of what's in air. It's nitrogen and oxygen. So why is this important? Well, obviously it's important if you want to understand the details of how different uh, fuels burn, which can help you understand fuel efficiency. But I wanted to talk to you about it because of pollution. So there's a little mention here that methane is unreactive in photochemical smog chemistry. That doesn't mean 
that it does not pollute. So when you have these hundreds of reaction pathways, you end up with hundreds of intermediary species. Those intermediate species can react with other intermediate species and can have detrimental effects on the environment. So for instance, let's talk about ozone. So let's say that you have a high altitude aircraft. It's a jet aircraft and it's burning fuel in the upper atmosphere. One of the things that it can emit is nitrous oxide, nitrogen bonded with oxygen, NO. NO can interact with ozone, which is O3, three oxygens bound together. This can break down into NO2 plus O2, so normal oxygen. However, that NO2 that it produces can then interact with atomic oxygen, just O, to create NO plus O2. Well, originally we interacted NO plus ozone. So what happens is this product species, even if it's a short-lived product species, nitrous oxide, can interact with ozone, break down ozone, and then create more nitrous oxide, which in turn will break down more ozone. So this is something that combustion scientists study intensely, especially now in the 21st century. We need to understand how all the fuels we're burning are interacting with other species in the environment, other chemical species in the environment, and altering them, altering the composition of our environment. Because anytime we burn a fuel, we burn large quantities of coal, or we burn methane, we are doing something which does not happen naturally, or we're at least doing it in a volume that does not happen in nature. Yes, trees will catch on fire, trees will burn, but the amount of carbon that they release is nothing compared to the amount of carbon that we will release in a single power plant in a single year. And we have countless power plants on this planet. When I first started studying combustion, I thought, what is there really left to know? We're basically burning things. And we've been doing that for quite a while. And a lot of combustion research goes into fuel efficiency. And a good deal goes into pollution chemistry to find ways to mitigate pollution. Understanding that we're probably going to burn fossil fuels for a while. Can we make it minimally harmful to the environment? So these reaction pathways are not just important in combustion, they're important in every branch of chemistry. In fact, pharmaceutical companies study reaction pathways to understand how drugs work in your body and how to manufacture drugs more efficiently. For instance, if there's a reaction pathway that could lead to a contaminant, they have to understand that and try to close off that reaction pathway. Thank you for listening to A Page of Science. I'm your host, Dr. Andy. You can go to soundcloud.com slash a page of science for more.